0: Welcome back to another episode of An Athletic Life Podcast. I'm your host, Shneef. Today is a guest from my hometown, kind of a guy that I looked up to when I was younger because he was one of the older guys on the football team, and I was just a you know, a little ball boy or a manager, however you want to call it. But we have Jordan Lindell. Jordan, how are you doing?
1: I'm doing great, Log. Thanks for having me, man.
0: Yeah, if you could just take a quick second to introduce yourself for the audience, that'd be great.
1: Sure. As uh, Logan said, I grew up in Cannon Falls, um, love sports, and... Got to know Log pretty well through through football, especially with his dad being the head coach. Um, played football at St. Thomas in college. Came in as a wide out. Got moved to safety. Ended up absolutely loving defense. It was incredible. Um, but now I spend my time you know, freelancing, full-time video production, um, some photography stuff. And uh, my wife and I live in Woodbury.
0: Yeah, so you, like you said, he uh, he went to be a college athlete, played football at St. Thomas, and now he's uh, on the different side of the sports world. He's doing some <laughs> photographs some videos for, for some um, sports teams. You know, it looks like you've done some golf events and whatnot, and we'll get into both of those worlds, which I think is so unique, and that's kind of why I wanted to have you on the show, is because not only were you the athlete, now you're the guy behind the scenes doing all the crazy cool things that nobody really gets to hear about.
1: Sure. Yeah, it's been an absolute wild ride. I mean, like, when I first started freelancing, too, the – I knew I wanted to somehow end up in sports, at least in some capacity. So, to to kind of be stepping into that world right now has been awesome.
0: Yeah, and your Instagram is amazing. <laughs> the photos and the videos you release are incredible. If you guys want to check those out, his Instagram's Jordan Lindell. It's his name, so it's J O R D A N L U N D E L L. Go check it out. Give him a follow. The photos and the videos are incredible.
1: I appreciate that. Yeah, it's been it's always fun to like get something thrown up there, and you know have some people send some love. So that's been cool.
0: Yeah. They're, they're really awesome. And they're really unique. And we'll, we'll jump into all of that. But my first question for you is you're a multi-sport athlete in high school. How did that help your development as an overall athlete?
1: I think it was great because um, like any sport that you play, there's, you know, different movement, um, different ways to kind of attack the game. So in my situation, I played basketball and football in high school and like to me, there, there's a lot of similarities with how you're moving on the basketball court and fall field, but basketball, for example, there's very few situations where you're an all-out sprint for 50 yards, right? Right. So it's right. it's more so that, you know, quick twitch muscle, agility, and that translates specifically to football and in my situation, you know, running routes. And so I think just having those like for any athlete who's playing multiple sports, there's so many different Uh, like, ways to utilize the the separate skill sets. You just kind of have to get creative within, you know, training, um, how you're visualizing, you know, the actual game days. But, yeah, I think for me it was just finding ways to utilize, like, the specific skill sets for each sport and then apply those to the other sport, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, it does. And it's unique that, you know, people – have these situations because nowadays there's a lot of kids who are specifically one sport athletes. They know that's what they want to play in college. And so that's all they um, dedicate their time to is specifically that one sport. And I think you can actually lose a little bit of athletic ability because you're not training the other muscles that you would be with, with other sports. Cause like you said, each sport requires a little bit different um, types of movements, types of activities, types of strengthenings. And so if if you lose those, then your overall roundness as an athlete might be a little bit worse But I do understand the concept of, well, okay, if I'm going to be a baseball player and you know, it's really hard to make it to the MLB because there's so many leagues and there's so many players, well, maybe I should just play baseball. But I feel like that can also hurt people.
1: 100%. And I think there's something to be said too about getting actual game reps, no matter the sport, just having that, that game that you prep for all throughout the week, you know, getting the nerves before the game and then actually going out and performing. I think that in any sport is good practice for, ultimately the sport you want to like continue playing, um, instead of just, you know, full-time training in the off season where you're not getting those, you know, high pressure game reps.
0: Absolutely. A hundred percent because doing it against someone else is completely different than doing it at practice.
1: Right. Absolutely.
0: And that was kind of like the segue into my, uh, my next question about the, the athletes and how they're specifically one sports. But do you think that, kids need to be one sports athletes to be great at that? Or do you think like you can push the boundary and play a bunch of different sports that don't necessarily, you know, correlate with one, of, one another?
1: Yeah, I think you can absolutely push the boundary. Um, you look at guys like, you know, some superstars in the NFL, like um, quarterbacks getting drafted to go to the MLB and they choose to, you know, stay in the league and play quarterback. Like there's, there's ways to be a really good athlete and not just put 100% of your time into your preferred sport. And I think in a lot of situations, it ends up helping more guys than it does hurting them. Because I kind of went through this in high school too, where it was like, I need to focus 90% of my time on football, because I made a decision probably like sophomore year that I wanted to try to play college football. Mm
0: -hmm. But
1: in reality, it's like, as I kind of just mentioned before, those those game reps, those other movements, like it's all just going to help you for, you know, the football field or whatever it is. And you're going to find time to still train for football and like, you know, be able to put in mental reps, whatever it is. You just have to, again, just be creative with how you do that.
0: Yep, absolutely. I, I think you're 100% correct because, um, like we said, you know, you can help help all your sports that you are in by not specifically training for one sport.
1: Right. But and that if you have the time, sense. like, why not? Right? It's like when you get to college it's a little bit different story because you know if you're you're playing one sport you have most of your time dedicated to that and right granted there's still multi-sport athletes in college and like that's that's amazing like that they you know have the dedication to that and be able to find the time but takes a um, true time
0: to be able to do that
1: oh yeah 100 percent but like high school you have typically more time in the offseason so it's you, you can find the time to play other sports while still you know putting in work for your preferred sport. So,
0: yeah. Why did you choose to be a college athlete? Like what what was it that you wanted to do that you're like, "Yep, I want to be a college athlete. I want to play football. I'm going to do this."
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think <clears throat> kind of something like we all feel when high school sports ends. Like there's some guys that you know, probably feel like, "Okay, like I'm I'm fine with, you know, my football career ending right here." And for me and I think for everyone who chooses to play college like there's there's no way that you can see yourself not playing football for at least a few more years. So it was simply just like I needed that competition. I wanted that competition and I just wanted to continue playing.
0: Yeah. I, I know the exact feeling that you're talking yep. about. Some of the, some of the listeners, they won't, they won't know that feeling. Some of them will, but it's the man, I can't believe I'm done. Yep. When that final high school game goes off and you know, unfortunately for the both of us, it didn't end in a win. Right. Um, and when you have that feeling, there's nothing you want more than just to start your, your football season again. Exactly. In college. All right, I got to get going.
1: Yeah, that's 100% true.
0: It's a burning desire to compete and to get better at everything you do.
1: That's really it. Yeah, I think it's just like, yeah, the the competition really is just like, even in my life now, there's scenarios where I'm you just, you kind of miss that competition that you got every single day in practice and, um, you know, prepping for games. So it's like a part of me still has that, but definitely when you, when you finish high school, or at least when we did, it's like, we couldn't see that not being in our lives.
0: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. What do you think made you successful just as an athlete overall?
1: Oh man. Um, I think for my like relative success, I think I, I did put in like the work that was required, um, you know, off seasons were spent, you know, doing like at least the minimum, like training and, um, you know, going out running routes, whatever it was, but then like just doing stuff above and beyond. Like I talked about mental reps a little bit earlier, like finding ways to, to train your mind, to do things, not just your body.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think that was important. <clears throat> and then ultimately um, I think just having a little bit different mindset than uh, most people do when it comes to just like day-to-day stuff, like to be a, to be a competitor, I think you just have to have a different mindset. And I think that's what, you know, sets people apart from each level, from high school to college, to, you know, pros, it's just, it really comes down to mindset because there's a lot of, a lot of good athletes out in the world. Um, And some of them crumble under the pressure. I've crumbled under the pressure like I'm not <laughs> going to sit here and say like I've been super successful in my athletics like there's there's little things that that'll set you apart like that.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I think most of it is mental because right. A lot of people are talented, sure. But a lot of people can tap out pretty fast if you push them hard enough. 100%. And no matter how talented you are, <laughs> if you can't mentally take what, you know, if you can't stand what it takes to be a a, a good athlete and be like just a grinder and someone who's not going to give up, not going to quit and just you're going to put in hundred percent effort every single day. Then you're going to tap out pretty easy.
1: Right. <clears throat> and definitely. that's what separates there's...
0: the great guys from the good guys is the mindset.
1: Totally. And I think for me specifically too, there was almost that like fear of failure where I didn't want to like let myself down or anyone else that I knew. So it was like, I, I have to, there's no other choice, but to, you know, kind of put in the work to at least make myself proud, like right. on it. Daily basis, or you know, for my overall goals. So I think that driving factor too.
0: I think a lot of people feel that way because sometimes I don't feel like I'm doing this for me. I'm doing it for everyone back home. If that makes sense. Right. Hundred like, percent. It's not about me. It's about my family and making them happy. Right. And that that might sound weird, and I know that they would tell me like, no, it's about your happiness. But like, sure, it is. It's about me being happy. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I'm not doing it necessarily for me to be happy. <laughs>
1: Exactly. i No. make them no. proud
0: and make them happy and then make cannon falls proud that you know i came from there
1: exactly i get that
0: yeah i think that's interesting and i bet you a lot of people if you if they really broke down what we're talking about and they figured out for themselves that they would probably have that same feeling right who was your biggest mentor while you were in college oh man could be a coach teammate right. you know just a friend
1: yeah you know there's There's a lot of great coaches and teammates. It's like tough to single one of them out. But I think through like the couple last years of high school and through college, my biggest mentor was actually my trainer, probably his name was Lou Samuels. He actually officiated my wife and I's wedding, which was cool. But he's like, he was always like, not only did he push me athletically, but he was always someone I could bounce you know, ideas off of, like, go talk if I wasn't feeling right mentally. Like,
0: mm-hmm. when I
1: when I quit my finance job, he was, like, one of the first people I sat down with and just chatted just because I know he was going to be a good soundboard. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I would say he was he was probably my biggest mentor. And it's funny because he wasn't even, I guess, directly connected to the, the football program. But
0: Some, sometimes those are the best people to have in your life because you can right. talk to them and just get away from the stress, you know? 100% college athletics can be really stressful and to have someone who sure they can talk to you about that but they can also talk to you about any other thing in life is yep. a benefit to you because you can just push off your problems onto them and they'll help you talk through them and they might not even be able to help you fix your problems but they can just be there to listen
1: oh yeah yep that's a big thing
0: it, it, it is and it, it's really nice to have and i know that there are some programs that will bring guys in like up here we bring in a guy his name's randy chambers he comes in and He's somewhat of a spiritual guy, but if you don't want to talk about your religion with him, you don't have to. You can just go and talk to him about things other than football, sure. and he can help you break down those barriers to help you be a better athlete and perform better.
1: Yeah, so. definitely. It's yeah, it's funny to think too. Like the most important people to talk to sometimes as an athlete is someone kind of not connected to the sport at all, which is interesting. But like sometimes that's just that's just what we need.
0: Yeah, you just got to get away for a little bit because all we do is specific, specifically <laughs> athletics. Right, but do you okay? So St. Thomas, when you were there, it was a Division three school. Yeah. Now they're a Division one school. They're in the FCS and they're in the Pioneer League. Yep. Yeah. What do you think of that transition? Do you like how it happened? Do you wish it would have been sooner? Do you wish it would have taken a while for that or a, long, a little bit longer for them to make that transition? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, yeah, I like I like where it's at now. I think how it happened was interesting and maybe not how anyone saw it playing out. <laughs> Absolutely. But- But I think it's one of those things like I I loved my time there as a division like division three school. I didn't there's no part of me that hopes like, oh, I wish it would have, you know, happened while I was a sophomore or something. Right. I think it was perfect for me and like the teams that we had. Um, I think now it's absolutely incredible how they've been able to just in two years like win the league and you know they're Yeah, they won the
0: Pioneer League last year.
1: Yeah, which is like, I don't think really anyone, maybe besides just the, the team on the inside, like, I, I know they probably saw it coming, but a lot of people on the outside were like, I don't know how it's going to, you know, play out with this, like, Division One stuff. But they've been performing. They have some really good athletes coming in. They have some great athletes on the team right now. And I think it's, like, ultimately when we look back in, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years, it's, I think, like, St. Thomas is going to, be competing at a high level in that league and continue through um, division one. But like, it'll be interesting to see specifically within like how they expand campus and make it more appealing to recruits. Not that it like, isn't already, but um, right. You know, like expanding the stadium and all that stuff. So I think ultimately it's, it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. And, You know, obviously, I come from a football family a little bit. And as soon as this started happening, my dad, my brother, and I, we all started talking about it. And and I told them, St. Thomas is going to win the Pioneer League right away. I
1: love that.
0: uh, Now, I think they're eligible for the playoffs this year. I think this is the first season that they'll be eligible to make the playoffs. And the Pioneer League gets an automatic bid. So whoever wins it, they're automatically in the playoffs.
1: Yeah,
0: And it's going to be St. Thomas. I'm calling it now. And I bet you (laughs) in. Within five years, I bet you they're in a different conference, a conference that allows them to offer scholarships. Sure. Because the Pioneer yep. League, they can't offer athletic scholarships. But yep. Saint Thomas is in such a good spot with the with the location of Saint Thomas, and they can sell the city. Obviously, they have a beautiful campus. They have great funding. Right. And then they're going to be in a stronger conference, and they're going to bring in better athletes, and they're going to continue to compete at a high level. I know they are.
1: Yeah, that's. A, I mean, that's. I've never. That's interesting. I think it's, I hope you're spot on because that would be so cool. It'd be cool Thanks. to see them even next year, just make a little bit of a run in the the playoffs, which would be, would be awesome. But I think you're right. Like the, the location, the, the campus, like our time there with me and all my buddies, like it was just incredible. Like to be like that close on campus and then like have our house like a block away, everything's right there, whatever you need. And it's just, it was awesome. So I do think that's that's very appealing to potential recruits and stuff.
0: Yeah, and especially being you know in the Twin Cities, like you can sell the Twin Cities. Oh, yeah. It's huge. And that's what recruits want. They want to be able to go out and do things when they're not playing sports. And right. then especially with like the funding that St. Thomas has, and especially with their football team winning and having success, they're going to get the funding they need for, you know, a new stadium, you know, new equipment, whatever they want. They're going to get right. all that. And that's what recruits want as well. So they want like a little bit of gear. They want some sweat, yes. yeah. especially nowadays. But those are the things that are important to recruits. Maybe, maybe it it's is. important. Maybe it's not in the general grand scheme of things, but they're going to be able to sell that like crazy and they're going to continue to have long-term success.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: With that, and um, we're going to do a little bit of transitioning now, a couple questions left about your football career, but when did you know it was time to hang it up?
1: Yeah, man, that's a a good question. I think I was probably when my – there was a period like my senior year. So I I redshirted a fifth year, so my actual senior year with all the guys that I came in with, there was a period in that playoff run where – uh, my body was specifically my my left leg, the ACL that I tore, where it was yep. just kind of, you know, was not feeling good. And I definitely knew, like, okay, I'm going to redshirt for sure this next year, but it's going to be my last year playing football. Like, I could just feel that my body was not, you know, prepped to do anymore. And even that, like, summer leading up to that fifth-year camp, like, I was still feeling pain. And then going into camp, like, you know, you, you go from not doing any practice really leading up to camp to two days and like my knee would just swell up and I'd have to, you know, sit out and let it rest. And to me, that was just kind of like not demoralizing, but it was just it was such a bummer to be like, you know, how I felt going into the, the season like pre knee injury sophomore year to having right. it just kind of take me out. But I think, yeah, when, when I could feel it in my body, just like, I can't do this for much longer. That was kind of when I knew it was time to hang it up.
0: Heartbreaking feeling.
1: It is, it really is. And it was, it wasn't something I ever really had to deal with in sports really kind of big injuries. Like I had, you know, sprained ankles and other knee stuff, but it was not as extreme as that. And so, yeah, when that, when that feeling finally hit me, it was like a bummer, but it was also like I was kind of at peace with it, just knowing like, okay, now I can like spend this last year just enjoying it, you know, knowing it's my last year playing football. So.
0: And it's nice to have those moments as well, just to really be able to give yourself 100% because you know it's coming to an end soon.
1: Right. Yep.
0: Did you have a welcome to college football moment?
1: Man, I thought about this, and I was thinking there wasn't really anything. So I played a little bit freshman year, a lot of special teams, and there wasn't really anything that, you know, like no big hit that like stuck out to me where I just got rocked or anything. But opening kickoff sophomore year, when I did tear my ACL, I got laid out, and it was – I think that had to be my – welcome to college football moment. I know it was like a year after I'd been playing, but it was... Some people take some time. Oh man. Yeah. And it was open kickoff for the entire season. Just I had never, my body never felt so good. I was ready to make a run for a starting spot and then just, just got rocked. And that was that. (laughs) It's
0: tough now. Okay. So we're going to switch over. That's kind of Jordan's athletic career in a nutshell, just real quick. Now we're going to go over to his freelancing side of the sports world, which I really want to dig into it because I think it's yeah. really interesting you don't hear much about it. So I'm just going to fire away and let's, let's deep dive into this stuff. Sure. So can you tell the audience a little bit about your freelancing job, how it works, you know, what you do?
1: Sure. Um, it started like four years ago. So I left a finance job right out of school. Um, and I knew I wanted to do something within video. And so I started shooting a lot of real estate collections. I'm still doing like 50% of my work within real estate, but there was something inside of me that wanted to, you know, stay or at least get into sports videography and photography somehow. And so I started, you know, going out golfing with buddies and um, just taking photos as we golfed. I shot uh, high school football for Holy family for a season. Um, shout out to coach trip who got me that, that job that year, which was awesome. And then From there, it was kind of just like knowing that I wanted to expand specifically within golf and football. And so I would just, I perused Instagram, ended up stumbling upon um, the first job within golf was for a random golf club. Um, They have a YouTube channel um, and I applied to be one of their cam ops on a shoot at Aaron Hills in Wisconsin and absolutely loved it. Loved the crew. They've luckily invited me back for a handful of stuff, got to travel with them to to Europe to shoot some documentary stuff, um, see some amazing golf over there. Um, Within that time, I saw a post on Instagram about a job opening for the NFL LCC position in Minnesota, which is basically um, the social content position for the NFL. Like you just work – home games at whatever city you're in. So for us, it's uh, Minneapolis and we just work home games, Vikings home games and we shoot content for both teams. Um, So I applied to that through Instagram, um, got the job and then here was my first year in that and I'll um, be doing it again this year, which will be incredible. But um, stuff like that, it's the sports stuff that I do. It's a good balance between kind of the, the other corporate video work that I do, I guess. The corporate stuff is more um, steady and, like, I can rely on it week to week. The sports stuff, you know, comes up when it comes up. Um, the NFL stuff is really only during the football season, so I kind of have to, you know, wait for that. I'm kind of itching to get back out there right now. Hmm. And then, um, yeah, it, it's just it's, re- it's been a really good balance because it allows me to, you know, s- stay within sports, like, and have that that corporate video work. But. Eventually, maybe someday I'll be fully in sports with all this stuff, but who knows?
0: So much to just break down there. Let's, I'm yeah. just going to kind of pick at that story a little bit and just might jump around yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Okay, so you started with the golf. The, the crew that you were working with, you went to Aaron Hills, you said that was it called?
1: Yep, that was the first shoot I was. And
0: so you were there, you did their video. Obviously, things went well. They invited you back. You go to Europe with this group of people. Take us through that trip a little bit. What was that like?
1: Yeah, that was a wild trip. So it was 26 days total. We actually started in Southern Hills. It was we were there the day after the, the PGA Championship, which would have been last year. Oh. Um, and so we were there. We shot we shot a video that day. And then from Southern Hills, we, we shipped out to um, we were in Northern Ireland. And we got to go see Ross which was a um, kind of a golf resort out there it's like the one of the most beautiful links courses in ireland and then we we made our way down to scotland got to go see the old course at st andrews the home of golf which was That's awesome incredible it was like i got emotional seeing that place for the first time it was so cool and like just continued to bounce around scotland a little bit went to some amazing places went to this remote island called iona which was quite the journey to get there had to hop on a couple ferries, get out to this remote hmm. island. that had this golf course and, you know, basically a sheep pasture. Um, but then we finished the trip in uh, in London. So it was, you know, a trip all around the UK for twenty six days, which twenty six days is a lot to be away from home and to be away from like my main business. But it's right. one of those experiences I'll kind of never forget. And I'm super grateful for.
0: Yeah, it's like a once in a lifetime trip right there.
1: Absolutely. That's what I kept. I was like, you know, any second guessing I had before the trip, I was like, this is once in a lifetime. It's a good point in my life to do it and
0: might as well. So, just to be able to go to St. Andrews, like, yeah. such a surreal experience, especially if you're, if you like golf, like, then it has to mean a lot. If you don't like right. golf, it's probably still a cool experience just knowing the history. But sure. if you're a golf guy, that's probably a bucket list item.
1: Yeah. And that's what I would tell anyone. If you, if, if you love golf in any capacity, like, that's that's got to be top of the bucket list right there.
0: Oh, that's so cool. That would be so sweet. And also, like, you just you get to go to Europe. And I think Europe has such a cool culture and a lot of history. So it, it's unique. It really to does. Us
1: yeah, I think Scotland was just, like, the culture there was so incredible. Everyone's so chill and relaxed. And I, I just went over there.
0: That is phenomenal. So, so then you come back. You're still working some videos and whatnot. You see the NFL gig. You apply through Instagram. You get that job, and you said you shoot content for both teams. So do you pick which end of the stadium you're in when you start the game, or can you go back and forth? How does that work? Because I would imagine it would be tough to walk through the sideline where all the players are to get to the other end of the field where the ball is going, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: Yeah, it's it's kind of tricky. So we, we have the ability to free roam, um, and there's two other uh, guys in my same position, so three total. And we kind of have to just space ourselves out and just watch where each other are because we obviously don't want to be in the same spot. But right. it's really it's kind of a it's a funny game you play with like all the other photographers because especially like primetime games, there's a lot of people on the sideline. So like big play happens that moves down the field and like all the photographers start moving at one. And you kind of have to be the first one down there to like get your spot to be able to be in the best position. Yep. Um but it's really like sometimes you get real lucky with the spot you pick. Sometimes you're on the complete opposite side of the field. Um, it's just kind of one of those things where it's awesome that they gave us the ability to just kind of run around and do our thing and be creative. So,
0: Yeah, well, you've gotten a lot of great shots that I've seen on your Instagrams, so uh, you must be good at picking those spots.
1: I, I appreciate it. I've gotten lucky a couple times, but there has been a few where I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I was, you know, same spot but opposite side of the field, it would have been like – Best shot ever, but you win some, you lose some.
0: Exactly. You can't win them all. That's why you got your buddies with you working. That's right. How do you build up the reputation in the video world to make these connections to continue to grow your business within the real estate, you know, the freelancing for the sports world? How do you make those connections?
1: I think the biggest thing is having a, like a body of work to show people. And for me, I do almost everything through Instagram and my website. And I, there's a lot of people that, you know, I've reached out, you know, curious of how I got the jobs and been able to get these gigs and, or maybe they want to do some work. And the biggest thing, or the first thing I always look at is like, what are they posting? Because like, anytime you reach out to someone they're especially this day and age, they're going to look, look you up on the internet, on your social media, anything. And so if you're in the creative space and you're not sharing your work, I think that's, that's just not good. You need to be sharing your work. And so yep. that big emphasis on that probably a couple of years ago now, just to not overload my, you know, social social media pages with work that I'm not really proud of. And like some people will say that's wrong. If you're trying to grow social media, you just throw anything at the wall and see what sticks. But of myself on like, that's my main portfolio. I'm going to share as much as I can. Yeah, you want to be then... quality content. Exactly. And so that's, that's been a big thing for me, I think, is just post your work and then also just, like be open to like meeting people and reaching out and asking questions, offering advice, like all that stuff. Just don't don't gatekeep like everyone, people in the creative industry, I think they think people are always in competition with each other. But in reality, like collaborations, the biggest key for anyone and like doing what I do. So just be open to talking with people, connecting. Um, And honestly, like once you start doing that stuff, like jobs are going to pop up. Like if you're, if your work's good and you're putting in the time and you're, you're sharing your stuff, like it's just going to, you know, the ball's going to start rolling for you.
0: Well, also it's not necessarily the old saying goes, it's not what you know, it's who, you know, hundred percent. If you know people that, Hey, they do the same line of work as you, but they're busy this weekend, but they know somebody that needs a guy. Well, now you can be that guy. They can yep. be like, Oh, I know Jordan. He does really good work. You should contact him.
1: That is exactly right. And people want to work with people they know. They don't want to work with strangers so if someone you know potentially knows that i do video they're probably going to reach out to me first if i'm the only one they know even if exactly they don't think i can do the best job necessarily they just want to work with someone they know yeah building connections just have a good network of people and if you don't like start reaching out to people send dms on instagram like i think that's one of the most underrated things for some people is they think sliding into dms is weird but just Don't be weird about it.
0: Right. Well, that's how I get some of my guests. Like, the last guest I had was, you know, from the last video that I posted, I should say. I've got a couple that I need to edit still, but he was a Weaver State quarterback. I don't know him. Just DM'd him. Hey, you want to be on the podcast? You know? Because, like, also, you said collaboration is huge. Yeah. And it's hard to make it on your own. No matter what you're doing, to be successful without anyone's help is really, really hard.
1: You're going to
0: need people to lean on a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm even struggling with that in my business right now. It's like, I, I found myself holding back on collaborating in some capacity and it's maybe at points hindered some of the growth, but like, I keep telling myself like that's, that's going to be key to, you know, whether it's hiring help or, you know, finding a subcontractor for a job. Like it's, it's, it is one of the major keys.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. And it also, again, it allows you to grow. It allows you to make new connections. And ultimately, you can probably sharpen some of your skills that you're not great at, because someone else that you meet will probably be a little bit better in some areas than you are. And vice versa, you'll be better in some areas than they are. And you can just help each other out. Oh, yeah. Yep. Or do you have a favorite event that you have worked?
1: Gosh, I think it's got to be one of the NFL games. I think I think the Colts comeback game was
0: incredible. Yes, it was. Like how
1: the atmosphere shifted in the stadium, it went from, you know, I was I only have worked there for a year, but it was the quietest I've ever heard the stadium. You know, fans moaning and groaning to the loudest I ever heard it within, you know, that that stretch of the incredible comeback run. Yep. Um, so it's probably either that or I loved the 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 primetime Thanksgiving game just i think the hype around like primetime you know football is so incredible and so that that night was pretty special as well but i do have to say just like nfl because i don't know there was something like the feeling of shooting those games for me was incredible it, it kind of brought back like that adrenaline that you get before like an actual football game that you're playing in yep but you know it was complete opposite side of it so that was it was cool to kind of feel
0: that again two things there yeah. One, were you working the Christmas Eve game? Yes. The 61 yard field goal was oh, yeah. incredible. I was there. The stadium blew up. Yep. It was awesome. Um, that had to be pretty cool from being on the field. I think.
1: Yes, I did. I did sprint out in the field with my cell phone in hand, like <laughs> filming. Every, that was one of the coolest things. I look back. and I'm like, I got to storm the field with the team after a game winning field goal on Christmas Eve.
0: That's a surreal experience.
1: Yeah, that's fun. Two,
0: you said that you get that feeling, you know, before a kickoff that you used to have or whatever, that feeling that yeah. you used to get before the games. I don't know why. This popped into my head when you said this. Kind of a little off track. Whenever I hear the national anthem now, True. I, like, subconsciously close my eyes and I, like, I start to sway a little bit because, like, yeah. that's my pregame ritual. We were at my cousin's graduation from high school the other day. Probably a couple of weeks ago now. And they played the national anthem or whatever, and I started to do like the swaying thing. And my dad's like, "You look <laughs> like you're about to go play a football game." Like, I don't oh know my god, how I gosh. feel right now! That
1: is so funny. I, so I, think,
0: I think there, I, yeah, there are moments that trigger that in you. And yeah, you just, that uh, is so funny. It's yeah, because like
1: when we, yeah, obviously when we played, like I think a lot of us had like a routine, especially during the national anthem. That's like a moment to yourself or you can kind of just, you know, whether it's just think, do a little meditation, pray, whatever it is. And so it is funny when I, when I hear that too, it's like, I know the exact moment, like when I would basketball games, I would just like close my eyes and like, start thinking about stuff, which is so funny.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, that just triggered in my head when you brought that up. And I thought I had to share yeah. that. It was funny to me, but I love it. Um If anyone in the audience needed someone of your skills, how can they contact you specifically to get in touch with you to hire you?
1: Yeah, I'd say if you're on Instagram, shoot a DM there again, going back to Instagram. But I think it's a great place to connect and you can see, you know, someone's body of work right there. Um, Or email is another good one. My email is Jordan at motivemedia.co. But yeah, I would say just anytime you need someone like who's in a space that I'm in or it's any other creative space or anything else, just... Um like you can literally look someone up online. There's like LinkedIn, all that fun stuff. So a lot of the, the corporate stuff that I do, people connect through LinkedIn. Um a lot of the sports stuff that I do, people are connecting through Instagram and uh TikTok too, believe it or not, which has been wild. But yeah.
0: And you said that was motive media, right? Yep,
1: yeah, motivemedia.co. That's, there's that's, there's no uh, E in motive.
0: Right. <laughs> And that's linked in your Instagram bio on your personal page. I believe.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: Awesome. So go to his personal, click on the the motive media link. That'll take you over to that page. You can message him there if you need that too. Final question for you. What is your favorite tool that you have in your inventory? Oh man. Favorite tool. It's
1: gotta be, I think my a seven four. It's a, oh, yeah,
0: I totally know what that is. Absolutely. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's a great camera. I bring it. It's my... Uh, anytime I go golfing, that thing's with me. It shoots great video. It's my, you know, B-cam for all my high-production video stuff. Um, but, gosh, I got... Maybe my... There's uh, there's this little tiny point-and-shoot camera that I bring around with me probably almost everywhere that I go. It's called the Ricoh GR3. And this this thing just... Takes amazing photos. One of my buddies who I actually traveled to Europe with with random golf club, his name's Simon. He had this camera on that trip, and I got really jealous. So as soon as we got home, I ordered it. <laughs> and maybe that might actually be my favorite tool. It's something that I don't use like for professional shoots, but it's just one of those things. Like if I'm documented daily life, if I want any behind-the-scenes photos, like that's that's my go-to there. So I
0: might have to say the Rico. There you have it, guys. If you need a personal Daily camera, it's going to be the best. <laughs> <thing. laughs>
1: Absolutely.
0: Well, Jordan, I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule to sit down with me for a little bit and talk about your interesting world within sports. Because I, for one thing, it's amazing. And I, I'm going to have you back sometime. We're going to keep maybe, a, you know, a couple of years from now, after you've worked some more events, we'll have you back on. We'll dig into it a little bit deeper. But
1: Yeah, I love it, man. This has been super fun. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, I appreciate it. Well, guys, that's the episode. Uh, continue to share, spread the love. We've had some, some pretty cool growth. We're going to try to get a m- couple more videos out to you guys, or audios, I guess. Uh, we got a couple athletes lined up. we just got to touch up the dates on that. So go follow Jordan on Instagram. Reach out to him if you need someone. Um, appreciate your time, and have a great day.